0: I think it's very important to recognize that if you invest in yourself now, that quality of life will be much better later on. following discussion is for educational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. Please do not apply any of this information without first speaking with your doctor.
1: What is up everyone and welcome to the Buddies podcast where we discuss how to take control of your health, and gain the freedom to live the life that you deserve. I'm Garrett Pano, and with me is my co-host, Dr. Grady Donahoe, who is a board-certified chiropractic internist.
0: Hey, guys. Today's episode, we're going to be going over why we're doing this podcast what we want to get out of this podcast and what we want our listeners to get out of this podcast. Um, and then we'll be going over just kind of the basics of each type of, um, diabetes and, um, and just doing a quick overview and getting things started and kicked off.
1: Um, so Garrett, why are we doing this? Well, before we, we why we we are even doing this podcast. I think everyone, I mean, everyone is dying to know why this is the diabetes podcast And you and I have been friends for some time, Grady, and we've been roommates for a little bit of time and we've both been diabetic for, you know, over a decade or whatever it is. And some would say you and I are not just buddies, but we're buddies. That is very true. Hence the name. But we wanted to make this podcast and Grady, I think you would agree that both you and I are passionate about creating awareness and educating others about different health concepts, including blood sugar and, you know, diabetes as a whole. But almost more importantly, we want to create a conversation. We want to create a community and connect with a larger amount of people about these issues and topics and just diabetes in general. And if we can create that connection, I think that would be a big win for both you and I. Um, So our plans for this podcast, you know, hopefully we'll be releasing episodes every week once we release a bunch of them in the beginning. We're going to have parts of conversation. So, this first part of these first couple episodes are going to be um, packaged in kind of some basics. You know, we're going to go over some things and expand on some other things, but it's going to be like called part one. You might see that on the episode list. Um, but it's just a way of organizing the, the conversations that we have. And we're going to be sharing information and knowledge from both our personal experience, since we're both diabetic. You know, everyday life, what you know, it means, what actually looks like, to things of clinical knowledge and tech, and even almost textbook. Like, wow, these guys are really nerdy because you and I both enjoy that kind of stuff. We love our nerdy stuff. Yes, exactly. So we're going to share a wide range of information, just from the everyday person to you know the fact that we're in a clinical setting and seeing what that actually looks like to the person. And we'll see how the podcast goes. I think you and I will have a lot of fun with it, and hopefully, you as listeners will too.
0: Yep, yep, and I think. Um, we're going to hopefully connect with a lot of people. And when I say a lot of people, not only diabetics, but also general people. And mm. hopefully other doctors can listen in on this and get a better idea on what diabetics go through on a day to day basis mm-hmm. and kind of help to understand, um, that whole thought process and, um, struggles that a type one or type two diabetic go through. And, um, hopefully it helps, uh, people, you know, the average person, um, relate more to, uh, or at least help understand more, um, what their diabetic that they have in their life is kind of going through and trying to help them go through that. Mm, um, because absolutely. I know, um, talking to, um, a lot of different people, it's very hard to understand what a type one diabetic is going through or what a type two diabetic is going through when you're not going through it yourself, because it's one thing to, Observe somebody, and you see them checking their blood sugar. You see them giving themselves an injection. Um, It's one thing to see that and observe that, you know, in that snapshot moment. Um, But it's quite another thing to understand that that person has ten thousand things going through their mind Mm -hmm. on any given moment Mm -hmm. about just their blood sugar and um, how consuming that can be. So I hope I hope to relate to not only type one diabetics but also to people in general. I hope, um, anybody who listens to this can get
1: something out of it. Absolutely. So the age old question then Dr. Grady, what is a type one diabetic or what is type one diabetes? Yes. So
0: type one diabetes, um, is a, is classified as an autoimmune disease. Mm. So an autoimmune disease is a disease where the immune system starts attacking its own tissue Mm. inside the body. And so in this case with type one diabetes, The immune system is attacking the beta cells which are the cells inside the pancreas and those beta cells are the cells that produce and excrete um, insulin Mm. now insulin is the hormone that helps the cells bring glucose back into the cell and so when you're not able to produce that insulin from those beta cells because those beta cells are dying off therefore you're not able to get that sugar into the cell and therefore the sugar inside the bloodstream rises and you're not getting that sugar into the cell so therefore you're not able to um, produce energy as well in the cell and therefore you're not able to um, perform the functions of those cells. So, mm. And that comes to any cell in the body, whether that's the brain, the kidneys, the, um, the liver. All of those cells start to suffer. It's not that they totally shut off, but they start to suffer because there's other ways around producing energy. Um, but when you're not getting glucose in, they begin to suffer. And so um, you can have a range of symptoms that come along with type 1 diabetes when it's not diagnosed. And then you get into when it does become controlled um, you start getting that function back in Mm. Um, and the way you control type 1 diabetes is by um, giving yourself exogenous insulin so exogenous is meaning that you are injecting it into you it's not coming from your body it's coming from an external source Oh, okay Um, and so we call that insulin dependent diabetes um, because you need insulin Um, from another source because your body is no longer able to produce it and so um, that requires a lot of thinking and a lot of preparation a lot of planning a lot of calculations by that diabetic by that person because their body no longer regulates their blood sugar they become their own pancreas and so they have to um, learn what the pancreas does and learn how to control that blood sugar the best they can. So you have to do math. You have to do math. There will be math involved in this, <laughs> unfortunately. I didn't sign up for that. I know, right? <laughs> the worst. But um, yep. So um, there's quite a learning process that goes with that. Um, but obviously, um, the more you do it, easier it becomes. Oh, and obviously... It's a continual learning process, and I think we can both agree you're never going to fully master it, Mm -hmm. but you can get very good at it, Mm -hmm. and so that's hopefully what we'll be helping people with this podcast because we've gone through a lot of different things with type 1 diabetes and overcome a lot of challenges, so Mm -hmm. hopefully we can
1: help with that. Absolutely, and both you you and I will share our personal stories on other episodes um, because we've both been diabetic for a while, but would you describe insulin, and I'm not even sure if you like this, this analogy, do you think of insulin as the whole lock and key thing? And we'll explain the actual mechanism much more. But in general, would you say insulin is, you know, the key that locks it to glucose in the cell? I know that's what they tell you in, in the hospital. Um, it's, I mean, it's not a terrible analogy. Okay.
0: But me now knowing how things actually work, mm-hmm. um, I don't necessarily like that anymore. Sure. Okay. Because it's not quite that simple. But it is a good analogy because for the most part, that's kind of true. Okay. Um, so it's not a terrible analogy for at least a simplistic explanation. Mm -hmm. Um, but we will get into why that
1: might not be the Mm -hmm. greatest thing. So stay tuned for other episodes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, type one diabetes is, is increasing not in popularity but more people getting diagnosed and this term i think both you and i aren't fans of but even preparing for this first episode i see the value in this term is that there's diabetes type 1.5 and what that means is it's the same exact process you already described it's that autoimmunity that attacking of your beta cells um, but it just happens later in life and it's delayed onset some might call it and that can happen, you know, previously type 1 diabetes was thought to be called juvenile. You know, they were, it was thought to be only happened to kids and it was purely genetic. And when I was diagnosed, I was around 13 years old. And at that time, even that was at the end range. Like, wow, that was really late for you to get diagnosed. But now people are getting diagnosed with type 1 in their 20s, in their 30s, mm-hmm. in their 40s, in their 50s, and in their 60s. Yep. And it's, it's no longer juvenile. And clearly there's, there's something else going on. Um, and we'll talk more about that later, but it's the type one and a half is referred to this, you know, you're type one, you're not type two, it's this insulin dependence that happens later in life. Um, and, and so we want to bring that up, that that is a possibility for some people to be diagnosed. So not everybody who is diagnosed later is type two.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Yep. And with that
0: type two diabetes is very prominent in our Mm. society today. Um, So we will definitely be talking about type two diabetes and hopefully helping people with that as well. Um, And to kind of describe what type two diabetes is versus the type one diabetes. um, Type two diabetes is a scenario where you are beginning to have a lot of sugar inside the bloodstream. And this happens over a long period of time. And eventually your body can no longer compensate for that high blood sugar because there's very there's a, a decent amount of mechanisms that help with that high blood sugar. But he, if that's long standing and um, hap- continues over time, what happens is is there's so much blood sugar fl- flying around that those cells, you know, every pretty much every cell in your body needs that sugar to produce ATP to do all those. Um, Tasks and um, produce all those things it needs to do. Um, that cell will eventually become resistant to the insulin. Um, so I like to use the analogy: the sh- there's so much sugar flying around, it's continually knocking on the cell, the door of the cell, and the cell eventually d- just gets tired of it and I'm, I'm sick of you. I'm not answering the door anymore, mm. and therefore the sugar no longer starts getting into the cell. And when we call that insulin resistance, meaning mm. um, the receptors on the cell no longer um, react the same way to the insulin mm. um, flying around. And therefore, um, we still get that high buildup of sugar in the in bloodstream. And therefore, um, we start having um, a lot of problems with that because when there's a lot of blood sugar flying around in the, in the blood, um, there's consequences to that. And we will definitely dive deeper into that um but that's that's a whole podcast by itself Oh, i'm sure it's many episodes yes (laughs) very much and um but with type 2 diabetes there's different components that can lead and different things that can lead to the development of type 2 diabetes Um, it's not always as simple as diet and exercise but i would say for a large part of that problem of type 2 diabetes it can be managed very much with um, diet and exercise, mm. um, more so than the type one diabetes. Because mm. with type two diabetes, you're still producing insulin, so you still have that. Um, it's just that there's so much sugar flying around that and, and the insulin um, is being produced so much that the cells no longer react to that. Mm. Um, and, and we'll talk more about management and stuff like that with type two diabetes. But for the most part, that kind of sums up
1: uh, type two diabetes. So I know some people get confused with these two words. You said the words insulin resistant and insulin sensitivity. What, what do those, what's the difference between those words? I I don't understand. Yeah. So with insulin
0: resistance, we're talking about the effect of insulin on the receptors of the cell. Mm. So those receptors become resistant, meaning they're not reacting to the um, insulin as well as they were before. Whereas insulin sensitivity, we're talking about the effect of, um, let's say we have one unit of insulin being given, whether that's from the pancreas or from an injection Uh and that effect can be different depending on your physiology. And so say we give you one unit of insulin and we give me one unit of insulin. Uh and let's say your blood sugar drops by 20 points. Okay. Whereas mine dropped by 15 points. Okay. So we're saying that mine dropped less than yours. Okay. So I am not as insulin sensitive as you are mm. because the insulin has more impact on you than it did on me.
1: Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So- I'm insulin sensitive, so I have high insulin sensitivity, I have low insulin resistance. Did I say that correctly? Yes. Perfect. Well, mm-hmm. that was, that was kind of scary. Maybe I was going to mix it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it's most, it has a lot to do with diet and exercise, diet and exercise, but it's not just mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And one of, there's a really good study, you know, it's rats, you know, and so it's all genetically made up in, yeah, you know, take altered, worth, yeah. right. But they made these, these rats or it was a mice, I can't remember. Well, maybe if we can figure it out, we'll put the, the study and mm-hmm. the PubMed link on, on the show notes or something. But anyways, there were these rats that they genetically engineered to be insulin resistant and type two diabetic, but they were skinny. But what they found out or what they did in the study was they actually transplanted fat onto them. So what happened? Was that they actually got rid of their insulin resistance, and they no longer had that type two diabetes by transplanting fat on them? And the reason for that is because our fat is not just um, on our stomach; it's not just this thing that we wish we would go away. Yeah. Even that, you know, it's you know we want to be leaner, but for the most part, I can't speak for everybody. But um, our fat is acts as connective tissue, connects things between our bodies, our joints, but it also acts as immune, part of our immune system and secretes hormones and secretes signals that our body needs. And if we did not have any fat on us, the proper signaling wouldn't take place. And so it really highlights the study I think is really good to have in the back pocket to say it's not just all fat, you know, just because you can't blame somebody for eating a bunch of potato chips and causing their type 2 diabetes. Everyone at Merit, you know, And and just call it a fat disease because it's much, much more complicated than that. I'm sure you've seen that in your practice too. Mm -hmm. Um, But in a similar fashion um, to type 2 diabetes is there's another type. And we're just going up the number chain. I said 1, (laughs) 1.52, and now uh, we're referring to type 3 diabetes, which is also a newer term. And type 3 diabetes essentially means Alzheimer's. And it's another AKA now. And what they're really realizing is, is that blood sugars impact on the brain is so significant and this long-term effect of high blood sugar of hyperglycemia's effect on your brain absolutely destroys it and does not help it in any means you know there is no at this point one caused Alzheimer's like it is so actively being studied but in a lot of literature right now that's being published here in 2019 and these past couple of years have called Alzheimer's type 3 diabetes and it's really interesting of can insulin cross the blood-brain barrier? Can uh, how does it actually affect the brain, the immune system of the brain compared to the immune system of the whole body? We'll talk more about these things later. Um, but type th- we wanted just to at least acknowledge in this very first episode that there is such thing as type three diabetes, and that is indeed Alzheimer's and, and blood sugar affecting the brain. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that whole concept is very
0: important for people to understand and when I say people, I mean both diabetics and also people who are not diabetic mm. or at least diagnosed as diabetic. They sure. may have some um, blood sugar regulation issues, which mm. we will definitely get into. But um, it just shows the importance of regulating your blood sugar mm-hmm. because when you have that high blood sugar flying around mm-hmm. in the system, it can cause a lot of damage. And it's it just shows that how important it is for that blood sugar regulation and why you shouldn't wait till you have diabetes to mm-hmm. focus on, hey, I need to eat right and make sure um, I'm not eating a bunch of crap because um, it will show up and catch up with you if you do it long enough and for uh, um, you know to a significant degree. Because mm-hmm. um, I know there's a lot of people that are very afraid of you know, losing their brain function specifically with Alzheimer's um, they're, maybe their parent has it or they know somebody who has it or their uncle has it and they go and visit them and it's so scary to them that they, that, that person can't even recognize them and they're like they just feel like that would be the worst situation ever hmm. and um, so many people describe that to me and how they're so afraid of developing that condition and I, th- I always try and bring up um, diff the fact that there is some control over that situation of developing, um, that because it's not just a genetic thing. You're not destined to have that. It's not one of those things where, well, I'll just wait and see if I get it or not. It's something where if you can make good decisions, good, healthy decisions, you are going to mitigate that risk. Mm. and. I think it's important for people to understand that there's a lot of conditions out there that seem very scary and seem like, well, there's really no control over that. And I'm either going to get it or I'm not. And it's, you know, and you and I both have, you know, done a lot of reading on epigenetics. Mm-hmm. And epigenetics is, some, is a concept where... Um, even if you have certain genes that make you more susceptible to certain conditions, you still have some control over whether or not you get that and also how severe that condition can be. Um, and that be, that comes from your environment that your body is in. And if you're able to control and put your body in an environment that's very healthy in an envir- environment where it can grow and flourish, then you're going to mitigate that risk of developing whatever disease you're afraid of. Um, and I think it's, like I said, that idea of type three diabetes and Alzheimer's is something that really points out, hey, take control of your health now and keep consistent with it and you're gonna live a long and healthy life. Um, I, you know, We talk a lot about quality of life Mm. in in the healthcare world Mm. and I think it's very important to recognize that if you invest in yourself now that quality of life will be much better later on Mm -hmm. because I know a lot of people not only afraid of the all the the brain um, function but also just their function in general they don't want to be in a nursing home they don't Mm want to be bedridden for those last you know several years of their life um, they want to enjoy their life they worked hard to get to retirement and they want to enjoy that retirement mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so it, it starts right now if mm-hmm. you start taking care of
1: yourself right now it's going to pay off down the road absolutely and you know it doesn't have to be that fear mindset exactly like what you're saying it's Almost, you're, even if you feel like you're at a good place now, because you and I were, you know, we're in our 20s, you yeah. know, and it's like, oh, the world is, psh, we got to yeah. figure it out. You know, <laughs> I can run, I can lift, I can do jujitsu and then go to wrestling and then <laughs> run and lift all in the same day and go do work. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, you know, point is, if you, regardless of how you're feeling, if you feel great right now, just imagine what your life could be, you know, if it was dialed in that much more. If it needs to be, not saying everybody has blood sugar dysregulation, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's almost like, wow, like my life is in my hands, exactly like you're saying. If I start now, I can change it all around. And that's a really powerful thought, Um, especially when there's, and right now in America, there's about 90 million pre-diabetics or those who have blood sugar dysregulation. Wow. I mean, that's That's a huge number. That's a huge (laughs) number. I think there's like 280 million, don't quote me on that number, but I think in America there's 280 people. Um, so 90 million have pre-diabetes, uh, and as it stands at this moment, there's 30 million who are diabetic, um, and 90 to 95% of that number is type two. And then the other five to 10% is type one. And there's a whole bunch of random miscellaneous in there too. Um, but even as it stands right now, you know, the center in disease control, the CDC was doing some numbers crunching some numbers. And I haven't checked on this in about a year or two, but two years ago, they were predicting by 2050, uh, one in three people will be diabetic. Wow. That's crazy. I know. So there's two of us right now here in this room, but that's not how statistics work. If another person walks in, same chance, one in three. You know, for anybody listening, if you anybody is walking past you in a hallway or something like that today, and it's just two other people, one of you will be diabetic in, tw- in you know almost 30-something years. Yep. That's... And so that kind of goes back to that fear mindset, but that's also a realistic mindset of the trajectory of where our culture is and where our country is and just how people take care of themselves. But, um, you know, you can live a life that is powerful. And, you know, if you take care of yourself now, you can definitely reap the benefits later on in life. And I hope that's a message that we continue to preach, you know, in this this podcast, because I think you and I both feel very strongly on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it says a lot with our intro of... Mm -hmm. Taking control, control of your health
0: so that you can gain freedom from whatever condition that you may be mm-hmm. dealing with or afraid of or whatever it is. Taking control of your health is very powerful mm-hmm. and um, it's very powerful for your mindset and it's very powerful for
1: your body. Absolutely. And there's so many other things that we want to talk about. In fact, um, we have a whole list of things on this part and in future parts, you know, we have like at least 10, 15 episodes lined up in the docket. And uh, we're so excited to share that information, that time with you. And we appreciate all the time you even just spent with us here in this one episode. Um, so we look forward to you coming back and listening to what's next. And um, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Dr. Grady. You don't, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. <laughs> but as it stands right now what was your most recent blood sugar
0: so my most recent was right before i checked it right before we got on here mm-hmm. i think i was maybe a little bit nervous mm-hmm. and or frustrated <laughs> with this whole setting up process of sure. this podcast yeah and so my blood sugar was higher okay. and um, i'm not proud of it mm-hmm. but it was uh 220 oh, okay. and um so i am
1: making excuses for myself sure. but I'm going to fix it. So yeah. the next time I come on, yeah. it's going to be better. And you are by far the most dialed in diabetic I've I've met so far. So um, definitely, you know, it's one of those things that you're not your number kind of thing. And, yep. and even me, you know, right now, the last time I checked, I was 145. Um, but I actually ran out of insulin because I didn't <laughs> plan appropriately, <laughs> you know, um, I'm okay. You know, I'll, we're going to quickly go back and, you know, I'll be able to change my insulin and things like that and I'll be fine. Um, but that's just a mess of and That's just a day in the life yep. of what we live. Like you said, we make a thousand decisions every day and have to consider what we're doing and you make errors. We're human, Yep, but we, make errors. But we can take the power back and we can, you know, live the life that we yep. want. Yep. Live and learn. So without further ado, thank you so much and I uh, will catch you on the next one. so much for listening to today's episode if you found value in today's conversation we would appreciate it if you gave a five-star review it really helps us branch out our community and get our message across to those who really need to hear it if you want to interact with us on social media you can follow us on the die buddies podcast on facebook twitter and instagram or if you have any questions comments concerns or moral outrages you can email us at the at gmail.com thanks